Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Ed Hip. And I'm Sincerely Jasmine, and you are now tuned into Cultural Behavior on, on Water Ice Radio. Radio. You are now tuned into Cultural Behavior Podcast. I'm your girl, Sincerely Jasmine, and I'm here with Mr. Jamar Alexander. Yes, yes, yes. The one and only, no other, Alexander. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, so, Ed is, of course, the biggest hustler that we know. And he was not able to make it today. Okay. But I could not pass up the opportunity to sit down with Mr. Jamar and yes. learn about everything that he does. So tell me a little bit more about you, Jamar Alexander, what you do, and how you got started. See, I don't even know where to begin because the story is <laughs> just... <laughs> I feel like I said the story like a, a thousand times, but I'm going to say it a little bit more um, in a, a, a more exciting way because uh, my story could get a little boring, but no, many will say it's it quite exciting. Um, actually, I started out born and raised in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, I was born in North Philly, you know, a single parent household, you know, the same story, Jay-Z, hustle <laughs> mentality, <laughs> you know, um, you know, typical you know, African-American boy that grew up in the hood and, um, you know, made a way and out of no way and um, just try to like, you know, just look at the positive of things. But I was right. born and raised in North. Um, I went to high school at Free Every Charter School. Actually, it's not too far from here. Uh, it's in Philadelphia, Center City, mm -hmm. um, on Walnut Street. And um, so I, you know, born uh, was there. And then um, after that, um, I went to study at Community College okay. uh, for CCP? English. CCP. Okay. Yeah, because I had to take the cheap way out. Because okay. I was I like, it. universities are so freaking expensive. It is. Uh, so I was like over it with that. So I went to CCP and then um, went there for English and then I transferred over to the dual program and went to Temple okay. um, and did marketing. And then that's what kind of led my journey into marketing. But um, I always had a passion for fashion as a child. Um, I, as we can see. Yes. I was. <laughs> a statement. <laughs> my mind was just so blown with fashion. I mean, I don't even know where it, where it began. I just like. I just know when I was born, I just know I just had a passion for textiles and clothing and just putting it together. It was just always there. And just playing with the color coordination. Um, so I started in high school and I did my high school fashion show. Okay. Um, and I, that's how I got into uh, to the fashion. And then I started doing a little styling. Mm -hmm. But where my journey really began is when I moved to New York and I went there for two years. Oh, wow. I uh, studied fashion PR. Um, because I really wanted to know about fashion. I wanted to know the behind the scenes, what it's all about. Right. You know, what it, it tells, you know. And um, just also, I love to help brands. And I also help love to develop brands and, you know, kind of create and develop influencers as well. So um, I started doing that. And then um, once I was finished that, I then I just merged into doing some marketing and PR. And now I'm just out here doing some marketing, some PR, influencer okay. development. Um, that's it. Do you work uh, mainly with like fashion brands as far as like your PR? So for PR, I worked for, I did an internship with Factory PR Firm who represented designers such as like Tom Ford, Bessie oh, wow. Johnson, Oscar De La Rente. Um, so we work with them and majority of what I did was I work um, in the events uh, marketing okay. and PR department. So my job, which is pretty much when everybody comes to New York Fashion Week and they're all dressed up, I'm the guy that checks you in. Okay. And be like, okay, you sit here and you sit here. Handling all the, the big people, all the big names. <laughs> yes. And I was, they was giving me any type of work. They was like, you know, tell people to sit here, do this, hand this person this water. And I'm like, ah. See, but like now that you look back on it, 
it, like the opportunity, like they giving me these little small tasks, but you were actually in these rooms with these big names and these big brands. So I'm sure like that kind of provided leverage for you as an entrepreneur there. Definitely. That was definitely a great way. I think that moment when I was doing um, internship, that was like where it really propelled because I was like in the room and I seen so many influencers and just really understand like the fashion industry and just being around those people. It was like really compelling because it was like I was learning so much from them. Like, you know, even though it was like small things that I was doing, it was kind of a way for me to see the behind the scenes and how I operate. So that way I can take that information and um, deliver it to my people. Right. So what's one hot seat what's one thing that you learned from behind the scenes during your internships uh and learning all the pr what's one gem that you can share for people that's looking to pursue pr one big thing i would say is study 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 a lot of things in fashion fashion is a gift it's a it's it's it's, it's something that's not you can't be taught it it's, right. it's something that just come organically um, you have to want to do it. You have to be into it. You have to have a passion for it. You know, fashion is just not about just dressing up and, you know, wearing designers and wearing the new labels. It's right. about really creating what we would say the impossible in fashion, you know, developing this image. And, you know, when we come up with spreads and cover, come up with covers of magazines, you know, it's a way to kind of really just come up with something that nobody else have done. And it's all visual, too. Like, yeah. I see creativity and it's all about just being it's like it's in my mind. I feel like when I come up with a lot of designs and stuff like that or anything I do, people say, well, how did you do that? How did you get that? To, well, how did you? And I'm like. I don't know. It's, it's just, just there. It's just there. And I think that's one of the major parts too, just studying and researching and right. just teaching yourself. Shoot, I when I was doing marketing, half of the stuff that I learned in school, I don't use today. Shit, I'm like, well, damn, my degree and all that stuff just went down the drain. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, what the heck? So marketing changes every day. It you does. always have to just study, 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 study. And with that being said, like, who's your industry idol that you kind of, like, study, look after everything they do? My biggest idol, um, I would say that I look up to is RuPaul. Love it. I would say RuPaul. And it's not because I'm gay. (laughs) But it's because of the... He has so much versatility, so, like, so much complexity to him and his brand. Yes. It's like he has a way of opening the impossible like just it's not even just about him dressing up in drag it's just about you just being comfortable with yourself in today's world we struggle a lot of people struggle with insecurities you know the depression rate is high um people struggle with so much and just being wanted especially with social media climate you know looking up to rupaul it was a way to he was like just be free be yourself you know just um it's his favorite quote that i live by um he say that we are born naked and the rest is drag and it's true because any human being, we, we are born naked. Everything so else true. we put on, it's like everybody has their own individual personality. Like, right. you know, you have your personality. I have my own personality. And it's a, you know, what we wear and the clothes that we wear is like, it describes us. Us, right. That's so true. I love that. It describes oh, us. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. It Shout out to RuPaul. So wait, it's funny that you said that. It's like, I feel like a rupaul has so much like complexity to him when he's not in drag he's very masculine looking he has a very masculine appearance to him so it's like took me a while to kind of decipher like oh this is like 
actually RuPaul. Like when yeah. he's not in drag, like he's a complete different person. So it just shows the complexity of like a businessman and like creating his own identity and like creating an identity for other people to kind of like thrive off of. Yeah, so that's dope. And I'm like, when I watch him and I learn from him, I'm just like, you know, it's just like you could just be yourself. Yeah, you know, you don't have to look at anyone else you just be yourself and also i love how he touched upon like a lot of dynamics like like you talked about like him switching up and mm-hmm. stuff like that i mean with that whole dynamic of switching up it's just that you know you, you don't have to be labeled right. you know you could be whatever you want you don't have to be labeled to the infrastructure or you don't have to also be a product of your environment no matter what you do if you're born in the hood you don't always have to be ghetto everybody does everybody named keisha is yes. not from the hood right <laughs> so it's it, it, it blur it could go so many different ways when we look at this you know him and his stories and stuff definitely definitely that's dope um so going back to you said you did like fashion shows in high school what was your part involved in that like were you designing were you like doing sets like how was you involved like went hands-on so oh my gosh you won't imagine so i was actually the first person to actually put on a fashion show at my school oh wow so my school was a college preparatorial school so they were all about education right fashion and all that stuff and anything outside of like creativity yeah it wasn't their mission you know it was their mission was education going to our Ivy League schools because it was so like they were all about education you know sports programs a lot of funding went into sports mm-hmm. they had like they had freaking chess clubs that they gave money to I'm like who go to chess but people with the chess I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> like they gave money to they had like what is the Rubik's Cube they had a Rubik's Cube club and I'm like, like okay so they all, fashion club. <laughs> no, no fashion club it was no freaking fashion club and I'm like what the heck so I was like I, 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 I when I first started in ninth grade I was like we need a little change like I'm here. It's uh, it's a year now. I'm in tenth grade. I'm like, we need some fashion stuff. And everybody used to always say, Jamar, you look so nice. You dress so well. Like right. I, I love your personality and everything. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's good. But um, I woke up one day and I was like, I'm gonna do a fashion show at my school. It was so hard because you know they're all about education. I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a proposal. So what I did was I typed up some information about like fashion and I started like giving them dates of like when I want to do it right. and all of that good stuff. Just laying out a blueprint. So I was so nervous because the next day when I um, went to, uh, what she does uh, events and um, at our school and stuff like that. So I went to her and I was like, I um, was like, I have a proposal. And I was like, we should do a fashion show. And she was like, a fashion show? We don't do stuff like that. Was like, I was like, we need some money for a fashion show. And they were like, uh, no. So they, they said no. Yeah, so they denied it the first time, right? So I said, uh-uh, hell no. <laughs> hell no, we're not going to do this. So I had to get a petition. So I got a petition. What? <laughs> and I got everybody in the school to sign off on the petition. And I took the petition. And one day, I that next month, every month we have a board of directors meeting. Okay. So I actually, all of our students are allowed to go to the board meetings and stuff. So I actually signed up for the attendant board meeting. This and they was a chose big me. deal. This is a big deal. This was a big deal. This is a lot. This is like changing the infrastructure of, of what they school, were. Of right. The, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And then I wound up, uh, went to the board meeting, and then um, I was like, this is my proposal. Everybody's having my back. Like, we need to do this. And they said, okay, Jamar, we're going to do it. So that's, that's where all like that's where it all started. And then ever since then, they started doing fashion shows. They called me every now and again. 
So actually, I serve with the board of directors for them now. Oh, um, wow. I just served. I've been serving with them for about three years, so I'm just kind of giving back to them now. So that's crazy. It was wow. a lot. That's a big deal, right? But you, was, like you said, you completely changed the infrastructure, the whole style and layout of the school. Yes. Because fashion is an industry to pursue as a professional as well. You know, like it's not only doctors, lawyers. Mm-hmm. So like we have to understand it's a new year, a new day, and that's a lane for people to be exposed to as well. So yes. and I'm so glad I did it because you know barriers. the people that I trained and modeled in the fashion today are like got signed with like major industries. Wow. I remember when they couldn't walk and they were like Wow <laughs> and they were like, and now today they're like on billboards. Some of the girls that I went to school with, I'm like, and they signed up. And I remember they, I'm like, okay, oh look at y'all guys, look at y'all. Guys. So I'm just so proud of myself because I'm like just a like, proud look, at like, look at that, look at that. And some of the guys are like signed with like major model agencies in New York wow. and stuff. So that's exciting. So I was like, good. I'm glad I did that. That's amazing. So they've been having shows ever since then. That's dope. It's been about maybe eight years now. So wow, that's dope. You really yeah. started a legacy there. I did. I was like, good. Look at me. Wow. Laying a, laying a foundation. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Um, so we're gonna tune out for a quick little break. We'll be right back with Jamar Alexander. We are now back to Cultural Behavior Podcast, where every element has a seat at the table. I am still here with Mr. Jamar. Yes. Yes. Um. So this morning, as I was preparing for our interview, I I was watching this video. Um. I'm not sure. If you're familiar with comedian Lala Milan, I believe that's her last yes, name. Yes. So she's like an Instagram influencer turned comedian turned actress. Um, so she spoke on like a BT uh, Network's panel, and she just was basically speaking on how within our culture specifically um, as young minorities that we always kind of put ourselves against each other when it comes to like the same industry. So like using her as an example, she's a comedian. She's like an Instagram comedian. Oh, she's funnier than maybe just hilarious or another instant. Like, you know, like just the way of comparing and contrasting where I feel like, and most, I feel like her, what she was ultimately saying is everybody can win. Right. So why is it that we just always put in each other against each other? Like, um, it also makes me think about the Cardi and Nikki thing, like, you know, or Cardi and like all the other female rappers that's out now. Like, why are we putting everybody against each other? Why can't we just like everybody? Right. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's a question that can be answered, but it's so tough to really understand um, and why. Um, I would say when we look at our history, I always go back to our history because I think that's the most compelling thing to start a conversation. When we look at our history, we understand, you know, African-Americans and slavery, you know, the light-skinned people were aware they were in the kitchen. You know, the women were in the kitchen. The dark-skinned men were out in the field picking cotton. There was a, a, a segregation there. That's where it begun. Right. There was a segregation there. Just imagine a dark man outside, and he's looking in on the inside and right. saying, well, because of the color of my skin, because he's lighter, why is he inside of the house? Why he's not out here with me? Right. It's already kind of built that mentality of us separating and better than and yes. worse than or, you know, like some sort of separation. And that's that's definitely a problem just within our communities in general. Like, um, and I, I didn't want to talk much about it, but like, I feel like we need to talk on and like yeah. rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. Yes. With, with that being something, it's just like there's such a competitive 
uh, energy within the black community. Right, right. Jealousy, too. I think, you know, our history always tells us they all, the slave masters always brought us against each other. I mean, we've always been fighting against each other. And I think that's where it started. But looking at today's world, I mean, we can make a change. But it's it's so crazy because I think it's embedded in us, in our culture. Right. You know, coming from the hood, it was like the no snitch rule. But then we also had the, um, we got the no snitch rule. We have rules that are not realistic. Right. You know, not realistic. You know, we worry about the wrong things. Um, you know, it's, it's oftentimes I meet so many people and we're, we're, they're so focused on how they look. Oh, you know, oh, when, when a woman walks in the room, she has the Louboutins on, right? She has or all the designer stuff on. And she's mm-hmm. like, and you know, ooh, oh my gosh, she's stuck up. She's this, she's that. Instead of embracing her look. Right. I'm saying, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. Oh my God, he looks fly. But the first thing we do, we look to negativity. Right. And it starts with that, you know? It's just support. Why not support? But they, we just don't want to support each other. And, it's but a mental then also, thing. too, don't get me wrong, black people. We do. I do love my black people. We do support. But sometimes you got to be a little bit more professional too, as well. And I think it starts with us as well. You know, I do. I, I love my black folks. I've been to so many black restaurants. But most of them, um, I will say, honey, um, Keisha, Shawanda, yelling across the room. She's like, we ran out of mac and cheese. Just they can't a matter give me a of professionalism. Yeah, it starts within our community. Maybe if we, you know, work within our community. You know, maybe things could be a little bit better, you know, supporting each other, too, as well. You know, not always asking for a discount. You know, Definitely. you didn't go to H&M and ask for a discount. You didn't go there and say, oh, y'all got 25 off? Yeah. Come on, girl. Get and stop support. asking for stuff for free. For free. Yeah. Support. And it goes back to Lala. That is, we don't support. Yeah. We don't support each other. And that's why we're against each other because, you know, uh, uh, the biggest thing I, when my mother was growing up and also me growing up as well, when, you know, I always... Notice that when even when it came to jobs, I would ask family members or other people for you know, oh, you work at you work at a particular hospital, girl, can you get me in? But they don't want to get you in because it's like they don't want you to take that opportunity from them. From them, like low key shade. So see, what I'm getting from people, what you're saying is people cultures, don't want to share because yes. they gotta protect their space in a room. So it's yes. like, well, I can't make room for other comedians or other mm-hmm. artists or other PRs, Absolutely. Absolutely. other mark- people in the marketing industry because then maybe that's gonna kick me out the room Absolutely. if I bring Jamar to the table. As a PR on my PR team, maybe I might lose my job. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about Cardi and Nikki's situation. I mean, right. when we look at that, I mean, Cardi, she's good. And Nikki, she's good. But then it's like, well, why bring two women together? Why can't they just, why, why can't they share the wealth? But it's like, one doesn't want this other one to take her place. So it's like, they're going to just... It's just it's just a revolving cycle. I don't know when it's going to stop. But then it kind of goes back to like what Lala was saying. It's like, well, nobody wins with that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, now the money's being separated, so people got to pick. If we come together, we do a collab, we do a song mm-hmm. together, now everybody's spending money on both of us. Yep. We don't have to t- tear any separate. You got my fans, I got your fans, instead of drawing that line. Yep. So I feel like that, that mentality ultimately just creates this separation that's not going to allow any of us to win. Now I only got a fourth of the money. You only got a fourth of the money. Yes. But we could have all had like mm-hmm. 10 times more views, money, like everything. So I think it's really just a matter of like shifting that mentality and like realizing we can all come together. We can. We it's can. really just that like collaboration over competition type of mentality. Like, 
Yeah, and I, and, I, and it happens a lot too. I see it a lot. You know, just me and this generation. You know, I'm I'm with the new millennials. I, I, you know, I, I ain't up there, but you know, I'm, I'm with the millennials, and I see it, the biggest problem is the support system too. No matter what culture you're in, it's just the support. You know, um, and we just have to try to come together. I don't know. You know, maybe 400 years of slave. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe 400 years from now, maybe it'll get better. But you know. One day at a time. And I think for me, you know, I just try to focus on myself and focus on what I can do to try to make the world better, but also just focus on how I can make myself better. Right. And be an example Mm -hmm. of that person. Definitely. It's all about mentality when it comes to like really shifting that change. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. I don't like Lala. There's so many comedians. I like Lala. Shout out to Lala. And I like the show that she's on, uh, He's Boomerang. Mm -hmm. I think that's really dope. So like shout out to that. Monique too. I'm mad at Monique. She should have got her Netflix deal. I just had to bring she that up. She messed that up. On she her. did. She, she was did doing that. too much though with that. that but that. Kevin Hart just got a Netflix uh, special. Yes, I see I'm that. sure he got his coins for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Um, but I got to check that out. Um, so I want to put you on a hot seat. Yes. So we're going to play Two Truths, One Lie. Oh. So share some facts from your career, things that you've been through, things that you do with your friends, and obviously we're getting to know each other, so I'll determine two truths, one lie. Okay. See if you can stump me. Okay. So who wants to start? Um, you can, can start. start? Yeah. Okay, so... I studied... I studied um, dance. Um, I see two more, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, one is I study dance. The other one is um, I'm obsessed with flossing my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to go out. Okay. So two truths, one lie. You yeah. did it right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Two truths, one lie. Yes. So the lie is that dance. I did used to dance. You did study dance? I did. So what's the lie? So <laughs> the lie, I like to floss my teeth a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's a little, yeah, I don't like floss. I'm like, I mean, I floss it where I need to, but it hurts. Like, <laughs> Everybody think I floss. They be like, oh, you floss a but lot. But I thought, I'm like, maybe it's an obsession. Okay. So you say you like to go out a lot. Where you like to go? Um... I don't know. I like to go to like parties. I like to go on vacations. I like to travel. I like to, you know, meet new people. So where do you like to travel? I'm like a big travel person. I just want to talk about trips all the time. So tell me where you been, what you have been doing. I haven't really. So I've been to. Okay, I've been to the many like little places. I you know I just got my passport sadly. Yeah. So no, I've never been outside the the country. So sadly, but I'm getting my passport. So I'm gonna. It's so I'm planning for this year uh, Cancun. That'll be awesome. And, um, after that, Jamaica, working on that, and then um, that's the two trips I'm, you know, want to use my Looking passport for. on. That's I'm excited. I'm gonna vlog that too. Um, but I've been to Atlanta, of course, LA, San Francisco, Chicago. You downplaying it like people yeah, have Chicago. been to these places. Everybody, I mean, people been to Chicago. You know, the air flights. I've never dollars. been to Chicago. People like work stuff. You mm-hmm. know, doing some PR stuff, and I try to like, you know, travel New York. No places like that, you know. And you said you lived in New York. Uh, where'd you live? Uh, Tribeca. Oh so wow, that's my, not so unusual. my so it was in Manhattan, and um, 
the internship actually paid half of the rent because that rent was expensive. Oh wow! They they want like thirty four hundred oh, easy. That's nice. Thirty four easy. I went to the store one day. Oh my gosh! I was so hungry. I the apartment didn't have no food, so I went to the corner store. And you know, I'm from the hood, so you know it. We I well, poppy we get, planning. You, yeah, we get you know um, cereal like three boxes for ten dollars. <laughs> so I'm walking to the store. I'm like, okay, there we go. I look at the sign. I look at the cereal. You know, I see my good cereal. I see my honeycombs. I'm like, all right, they look good. I go reach for it. So I see the sign under it. The honeycombs say for one box, it say eleven fifty. So I'm like, uh, I'm thinking that maybe it's. It I'm was, a pass. Something was under it. I'm a pass. But you know, it was something under it. Nothing I'm like, in maybe the corner store should cost wrong. eleven dollars. Like, I thought it was wrong. I thought the sign was wrong. So I still grabbed. I'm like, it can't be no eleven fifty for no damn cereal. <laughs> grabbed the cereal, grabbed my water, went to the front. I also grabbed some milk, too. Let me tell you about the milk. The milk situation was crazy. So I went to the front, and I'm like, okay, ring my stuff up. The freaking cereal was eleven fifty. Mm-hmm. That's Tribeca is very expensive. The milk cost me about seven dollars and eighty cents oh just for like God. a small thing of milk. So I mean, it was fun in New York, but I was I got to go. Yeah, that's see. I think that's like my biggest fear. Crazy. I love but New York. But celebrities lived in that area, so it was like right. You was just in the why. mix, but I'm not paying twelve dollars for a box of cereal. Not happening. Yeah. And that's my love New York. I'll catch this little bus train yeah. ride back and forth, but <laughs> I cannot. That's ridiculous. That's and how much you say to was? Uh, oh my gosh, rent was like 30, 35. That's insane. Yeah. That's thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. It was like it was like maybe not it's not that big. It was like maybe like two studio apartments. It wasn't that big. It was small. That's crazy. They had a rooftop. They had little amenities, but shoot, no. that was still that was still high. You know? That's but. nice though that you actually lived there. So tell me about you said you went to LA. LA is somewhere that I want to go uh, hopefully this year. So how was your time in LA? So I stayed in LA only for two days. I went with a client. Um, okay. That time I was working with a uh, music artist. Um, and of course, we were doing like a media tour. So um, I really didn't party in LA. But we did like a couple media tour, and um, it was nice. It was nice. It was fun. Got to stop at a few stores. I didn't get a chance to really um, do a, like an actual tour. Right. But the next time I go, I've only been there one time so far. But um, I plan on going this year, of course, because my friend, you know, she plans on moving there. Morgan, <laughs> a.k.a. She's moving there. So uh, I'm excited for that. So I'll now be at her place. you got a reason to go. Yes, I'll be at her place. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah i need so a, i need I'm a friend in la that i can get flued out so <laughs> if anyone, any of my friends want to move to la <laughs> yeah so she'll be like i'll be sitting at her place all day i'm like that's girl, awesome I, give me a closet yes that's so this is that word i actually wanted to really see what it's like and all that stuff so no, do an actual tour. Yeah, like really do like the tourist things, check out yeah. all the Hollywood sign and all that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's dope. Um, so, another hot seat question. Uh, what's your biggest career, ex- like biggest career experience, like best thing that's happened? You tell me you travel with clients to LA, you did these internships in New York. Yeah. Like what would you consider the highlight of your career? I would say my highlight of my career. Thus far, obviously, you're just getting started, so. Would be when I first met Tom Ford. Wow. When I first met Tom Ford. And, of course, in the fashion industry, you meet in a winter, Betsy Johnson, of course, all of the the nobles. But when I met Tom Ford, because I studied him for years since I was young. So when I first started fashion. And... What made that moment so highlighting was that 
I was able to be in the room. I didn't work on a project, but I was in the room and absorbed the energy and the atmosphere of right. them working on uh, a fashion spread for Vogue. Oh, wow. So, of course, there's all these creative directors, artistic directors, P- elite PR people, and Tom Ford is at the end of the table. And I'm just in the corner, you know, with my little notebook, just sitting there, because, you know, this is my intern. I'm like, <laughs> So he's just talking, and he's just like, the way he's talking, the way he's just, like, conduct business is, like, amazing. Wow. The way they was, like, coming up with designs and just natural prices they were like okay i you know picking model from the way to pick the, the way they pick the models to the casting to the way they work on fabrics the way they come up with prices like like the way they even like oh my gosh tom Ford makes a lot of money off their prices low-key we all know that guys because them them clothes don't be but yeah they make so much like the way they come up with prices the and the design it's, it's amazing and then like i actually the most highlighted part also was when they brought all these new clothes and you know they bring all the new designs, new designs. and samples and so just be able to see all these new clothes and that you know nobody saw before yes 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 and then you know working with a couple of music artists um like diddy simmons came in and like we worked with him and we styled him for the fashion spread and did all oh, that wow. good stuff so i was able to like see all that and work with that so that was nice that that's was the biggest highlight. Amazing. So that's why when fashion designers come to me today, I'll be like, come on, we got to do it. Yes. I'm telling you, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And fashion is not for everybody. You know, it's not a hustle. You know, a, de- you can't, a designer is not created. You right. have to have a passion for it. So, um, yeah. And that was the most highlight. I'm just reminiscing on it right now. That's so. amazing. <laughs> as you should. Like, how many people can say that they were in the same room as Tom Ford? Yeah. That's amazing. So that wow. opportunity. Was, and I took that knowledge and I took all that creativity and all the juices and everything that they had to sing in the room. And I absorbed that. And that's what I talk about. Also bringing back education. I educated myself. Right. You know, I just, you know, everything that we're talking about, you know, there were things that I didn't know. That in learning school, so I would go home and you study know it. study it, you know study what textile mean, like what is textile, what is textile design, you know how do you create your prices when you're first um, um, creating a brand or you're coming out with a t-shirt collection? Right. How do you monetize your brand? How do you? What are the first things you need to do to build your brand? So all of those different things was able to help me and propel me to be able to like teach other people right that's amazing and and when did you get started with your pr brand like i started pr in 2016 okay so this will yeah. be year three for you yeah awesome um so like as far as like obviously you've worked with artists fashion brands like what's your favorite industry to focus on when it comes to like the pr aspect influencer development okay I like to work with individuals who has a product or service or even a some type of experience to share with people. Right. You know, um, people that come to me, they are like real estate agents or they're music artists or they're fashion designers or they want to um, build some type of company. I start with them first. Okay. Right. Because... 
I think the biggest thing is a lot of people they want to start with the brand, they want to start with the actual company. I'm saying no, start with them. Right. Let's let's sit down and see where your mind is at. And you at know? the end of the day, people are brands. Yes. You are your brand. Yes. So I feel like that's like a step that a lot of people skip over because they want like, oh well, I want to have a fashion brand. I want to own a store. Mm-hmm. I want to own whatever. And it's like, well, you kind of st- skip the step of like branding yourself and like right. making sure there's some type of identity behind the product or the service. So right. That's a good point. And it starts with them. I've been, you know, so many people. People, they'd be like, well, I need I, I need to build my following. I want to do this on social media. I, why, why is she getting more likes than I am? I'm posting the same information. Right. Or why is this not working? Or, you know, and I'm like, well, you have to start with yourself. You know, it starts with end. And a lot of times, especially with the social media, a lot of people come to me for social media development and creating content. And they want to, when they come to me, I, what I see in common is a lot of them, they, you know, they want someone else's image. They don't say it, right. per se. You know, we all look up to someone on social media. Mm-hmm. So that's, I feel like that, that'd be the problem. I'd be like, you know, don't do that. You know, start with yourself. What works for you? You know, because she has 2 million followers and you only have 100 followers, but you're doing the same thing that she's doing, but mm-hmm. it's because it works for her and she's doing it in a unique way. And also it didn't happen overnight. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing I think about PR in general and just like brand development. A lot of people like, well, this is what I want. These are the mm-hmm. end results I want. I want this to equal this many dollars and it's like well you have to understand her two million followers and her product sponsorship and all of everything that came with her brand did not just happen in a matter of let me hire jamar and pay him xyz and boom like it don't happen like that and that's the biggest i think like the biggest mistake for brands in general just thinking that like it's gonna happen overnight absolutely and i my biggest mission um for my PR company is that um, I always tell my clients, as I say, um, always try to release those shackles of conviction because that's the most compelling thing that you can do in this dynamic of communication and landscape is to just play it safe. Definitely. And that's my mission because you, you can't play it safe. Release those shackles. You know, I think every person that comes to me, they have shackles on. We all have shackles, uh, some type of conviction that we feel like we can improve ourselves on every right. some way, shape or form. But if we take those shackles off and, you know, just be free and just be yourself. And, you know, when you get on social media, just do, if you post one time a day, that's okay. You know, if you want to do little comedy shows and you feel like, you know, it doesn't work for you, do something else. Keep doing it. Keep trying right. new things and just keep, just be yourself. That's all you can do. I all love, I love that. What, what is it? Breaking the shackles of conviction. Yes, that's my mission. Breaking the that. shackles of conviction. I love that. Because the most compelling thing in this dynamic landscape of communication i say dynamic landscape and communication because it is a dynamic and the landscape is the foundation right and the communication is the dialogue between anything me and you and social media you know we're delivering things i love Um, that because we tend to be our own biggest enemy and get in our own way so it's just like stop getting in your way and i struggle with that too i was you know growing up i was trying to be something that i wasn't i struggle with that Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know you know dealing with my own insecurities and dealing with my own you know doubt and trying to fit in you know and trying to you know become this masculine figure that everyone said this is what a typical man is supposed to be right so i was always you know struggling with that so but as i got older i was just like everybody was like jamar i you know people were saying like oh that's fake you're fake but i noticed that yeah sometimes i can't be fake because shit that's not me and i had to say jamar that's not me i'm not right. that type of person so i had to understand myself shoot get yourself together and just be yourself 
Yeah, self identity yeah. is so important, and it's hard. Some people can't admit it. Everybody struggle with it. Big Sean just came out and was like he suffered from depression, be based off of you know social media and yep. stuff like that because we deal with it a lot. We all do, tough. and I think it's important for us to just notify that we all experience different mental. Whether it's like insecurities, yes. depression, anxiety, we all just have to acknowledge that. So yes. I yes. think that's a great note. We're going to uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back to cultural behavior here with Jamar. Yes. All right, we are now back to cultural behavior where every element has a seat at the table. I am still joined by Mr. Jamar Alexander. Yes, 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 yes. So we talked about you liking to go out. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Philly night scene. I don't know much about Philly night scene. I don't go out much. But, like, I just feel like our our city's a little bit different than, like, other major cities like L.A., New York, even, like, Atlanta, uh, Miami. So when it goes to when it comes to like going out mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about your experience with the nightlife and you know what you know that's popping and what's your opinion overall the nightlife what the do nightlife. you rate philly oh let me ask before we get into it what would you rate philly's nightlife our clubs rate, for, and all that okay um now, I'm going to break it down a little bit. So, I'm going to do, because we got a lot of different clubs and Philly. So, I'm going to do the straight side. And I'm going to do the gay side. Okay. So, I got to do the LGBTQ side. Separated. Okay. So, that so I'm going to start with the LGBTQ side because I can end it with the, with, with the straight side. The LGBTQ side, that, the nightlife, it's okay. I mean, it's kind of like they put all the masculine people at the top. Just as well as like the street, you know, like yeah. the, the the street nightlife is like, you know, they put the sexy women at the top mm-hmm. forefront. But I think the LGBTQ was cool. That nightlife was cool. Let's start with the street though. Let's start with them now. The nightlife with the girls, I, don't, I, I, I it is segregated. To be honest, it's segregated. You know, it's not a lot of like inclusiveness. As far as like race, or as far as like style, or a little say, bit of everything, I would say race. Okay, I would say race, um, because I don't know. You just see so it. So based it's off really, of like I the really clubs can't. and stuff. Say again. Are we talking like clubs and like clubs, like certain clubs? I'm not going to name particular clubs. Right, right. But what I will say is that some of the clubs I've been to. You know, I just, it was like a different feeling, you know, it was, it wasn't, I, I felt like it wasn't enough inclusive, like I said, like, you know, right. just seeing my type of people, you know, black people, I don't see a lot of us in these particular clubs or in these particular positions, Right. you know, uh, the management side of things, right. you know, I don't or see us staff. in that, right, and I think, you know, that's why a lot of problems are occurring, you know, in a lot of industries, because it's not a lot of diversity, you know, because if they would have had a black person in the room, maybe the this um, um, I am donkey T-shirt or what is that? A monkey. I'm the biggest monkey in the room where H&M did that was a monkey. Yeah, right? was, yeah. Um, I King of, yeah, the, King of the Jungle. Yeah. You know, maybe if they would have had a black girl or a black man table, up in there at the table. They would have made that mistake. Same for a lot of designers yeah. that have been under attack, like Fendi, Definitely. inclusiveness, you yeah. know, diversity. Oh, they've been you know, making with a lot of, can we talk about that? Gucci. They've been making a lot of mistakes yes. this season. Going yes. into spring 2019, why have all the designers been making this this terrible, terrible mistake of just being very racist? Like, 
It's diversity. You know, That's I ridiculous. will be honest, in the fashion industry, it's only, when you look at designers, only 2% of the fashion industry is African-Americans. 2%. Especially when it comes to the designers. It's only 2%. Because it's very expensive to start a collection. You know, it's thousands of dollars. These people spend um, $15,000 on one shirt or $20,000 on an entire collection. Or just to even show your collection in Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, you have to get sponsored. And when you get right. sponsored, that's about $30,000 just to do a show that only lasts about 10 seconds. Right. But, you know, we don't have that type of resources or money to be able to get there. So, unfortunately, you know... You know, that's why I try to, you know, create and work a lot with a lot of uh, black designers. But to right. go back on topic, um, diversity is not, you know, and I think if they would have had a black person, when I see a lot of these collections, I'm like, how did you not see that? Right. <laughs> like, you know, if you understand, like, you don't even have to, you don't really even have, have to, to study be, your culture. You don't even have to study history right. to understand that some things are just blatantly ignorant. Absolutely. And it's like, I'm hold like, on, this isn't right. But that's because they don't have diversity. There's nobody. Right. It's I not a black the person around. And I think with diversity right now, like with it being um, like 2019, mm-hmm. diversity is kind of trendy. Yes. These brands want to have the curly hair black girl in yes. their ads. They want to have like, you know, these black influencers sending them products so they can mm-hmm. repost to their target audiences. But it's like, are we actually being included in right. your brand? Um, and we talked about that on a, a past episode, just like how a lot of major big brands don't necessarily include our culture in their models. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in what they stand for is like, yeah, we want them to wear it. We want them to buy it. We want them to share it. But it's like, are we included in yes. what y'all represent and what y'all stand for? Obviously not, because y'all keep making these simple little monkey mistakes. Yes. And I always ridiculous. just try to say, you know, I think the biggest thing is people don't understand is that we have to have a seat at the table. Right. As long as we have a seat at the table, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, and I think a lot of these companies don't give us a seat at the table. They don't. Mm-hmm. They just allow us just to, okay, we're going to prostitute you. And then, you know, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, and go ahead and do whatever, you right. know. And I think they just use us. You know, when we look at it, and it's crazy. And, and I don't come against a lot of these um, um, reality shows. But the reality shows don't help either. Right. You know, as a, you know for especially image. women. You know, black women. That's mm-hmm. not every and typical men. black woman and, and black men. men. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at these shows. It's like it's crazy. Like these yeah. shows are like this is not a black woman. This is not a black family. Yeah. You know, this is not how it is. And then it's when you look funny. at the white shows, uh, you know, I'm not going Beverly Hills. Yeah, you know, but it's that. funny that you say that. And you like, girl, why they got them painted as the rich people? The aspect Beverly of the Hill, family is yes. like in these reality shows. A lot of like. Keeping up the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. I'm not really like that big into reality shows, so, right, so I can't right. think of many. But like you know, there are like more predominantly white uh, reality shows, and they're so family oriented. They all spend time with their family. They having dinner. Like it's just like all of the fam- family and friends. And then you have the black reality shows where it's right. like the families are completely being torn apart. Like, yes. they just, like the mom and the son is arguing and the son is like talking about his sister or his brother yes. to these random people that he just met because they all on this reality show. So mm-hmm. it's just like so much betrayal um, just within our community. And it's like family used to be such a high value within yes. the black community. Yes. And I just feel like we're losing that like general value. So yeah. it's crazy just how it's being represented in the media where it's like other cultures are so family oriented so mm-hmm. together at dinner the kardashians no matter how much drama they got going on they are still a family okay cases i just was on chloe's insta and, yes um 
Courtney started a new business and sent Court Chloe and Kim like you know bought like oh shout out to sis new business right. like it's so like supportive it's just like black people don't even shout out they right. they homie t shirt line you gotta call them a fake time them a thirty times just to get Can them to post my picture just repost my t shirt line without me having to give you a free it's one weird. I think that's where it starts too so, like just that reality just the show. support yeah and just like the imagery of what what we actually stand for so it's it's kind of crazy and the media don't help either because with this Nipsey situation there's a lot with that too yeah and just you know how the media tears here? everything apart and try to make it whatever they want it to be it's, mm. it's it's literally crazy because it's like we'll have a certain subject and we try to turn it into what we want mm-hmm. let it be what it is right you absolutely know? and not try to turn it into what the shade room wanted to be uh, and turn it into a poll mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you think this happened or this like what different right. let it be what it is right 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 there's so many hands in the pot to so many opinions are yeah. now our do you culture. believe Jesse Smollett? This is a little bit off topic, yeah, but, but I, you know, I just had to merge it to this. So, <laughs> so what's your thoughts? I'm about? a little naive sometimes, apparently. So, when the whole thing happened, I was just all like, Why would he lie? Like, this is like, Why would uh-huh. he lie about this? Like, th- like, why are y'all like, don't disregard the black man, don't disregard a gay black man, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, don't discredit people for what they experience mm-hmm. or what they feel. Like, I was right, just like right, right. 100% on his side, right. Then all of this stuff had, and I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know what to believe anymore because obviously I'm not the brightest. <laughs> so I don't know what to, honestly, I was very mind blown about just like the whole thing, but it just kind of goes back to people will do anything for fame. Yes, they will. Anything. They will go up, up, above and beyond. Yeah, so it's just like. I never want to be famous that bad. Especially, I guess you get a little taste of it. Mm-hmm. And you just like, well, why am I not this big? Or why are these people not, you know? And you feel like you want more. I think y'all keep up that 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 imagery of what people, what they thought of you. Or, you know, you got to keep up that same persona. Yeah. You know? And it's sad, you know? I so, so, Shoot, even with these celebrities, y'all, you go out at the clubs. And I'll be in New York at the club, and they talk about, can you go half with me on a bottle? I'm like, honey, you got more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> can you go half with me on a bottle? But they to keep up the image. The image, because yeah, we, we need money. a bottle. We yes. have to get a bottle. Okay. But we, we don't have to get a bottle. See, that's why I don't go out. That's why I don't go out, y'all. I stay right in the house. I'm not spending all this money. Yes. Anyway, as I digress. So we just entered a new quarter. It's the going into the middle part of the year, 2019. Um, so what do you have planned going in for I know you said you want to do some traveling like mm-hmm. so tell us what what you have planned for the rest of the year so um, for this year I'm going to be working with a couple of nonprofits um, awesome. just really developing and coming up with some fundraisers back to school nights um, so we're in the works of working on that cool. so um, if guys want to keep updates on that uh, be sure to just follow me on social media Jamar Alexander um, and what else is coming up? I'm working on my podcast that I'm doing, um, and I'm also working on my vlog at, at now. Uh, I used to do a vlog when I was in high school, mm-hmm. but I kind of like shied away from it. But now I'm just starting it back up. So now I'm just getting out there, just you know, talking about my life and you know, lifestyle vlogging because I like to talk. So I love that. Yeah, and I was on your Instagram like using all this food and drinks. I'm like, yes, I love lifestyle. I'm just <laughs> like all these cute little happy hours and stuff. Here for it. So just pretty much uh, keeping up with your brand and yes, clients. Yes. That's awesome. And it just really just, I think this year, you know, last year, I the biggest struggle for me last year is um, I, I wasn't focused on myself enough. 
you know, a lot of times with our PR and marketing, you don't we focus on everyone else's brand. Yep. Yep. You know, you're I'm worrying about this, so I'm making sure you have the interviews or you're on this news station. I'm just yep. marketing you. But I never really worked on myself. So I said in twenty nineteen my goal and for myself is to market myself and work on myself and just really develop that. So that's one of the biggest things I, you know, taught myself and I've learned from last year to kind of just progress in that. I love that. And yeah. I love that you're here representing you, yes. not a client. We're not talking about no, we're talking about you. This I'm so shocked because people be like, when I reach out to a lot of, um, you know, talking to different um, publications, right. they're like, Jamar, you're... you're you? you? <laughs> they do know I like to talk, but they, they, I'm, they're so used to me being talking. on behalf of someone else. Yes, yeah. Yes, I think yes. that's a real important part. So, anybody just like that's interested in PR, looking at like pursue the public yes. relations, marketing, like industry, I think it's very important to just be mindful of don't like overlook yourself. Like, yes. don't forget about yourself yes. because it's so many times that we busy with clients, doing events and all this stuff, running around for other brands, mm. picking and pulling all this other stuff, connecting so many dots that you like. What about me? Yes. And that's anything. You know, even doing a little business, any business that you have, um, try to find time to focus on yourself. Try to find time to just meditate and just heal. Right. You know, because sometimes when you just focus on the things that you like to do, you know, even for baking, you know, if you're a baker, right. you know, don't shy away from it. Are don't you a let baker? your business. I'm not a baker. I burn stuff all the time. My <laughs> friends will tell you that. I put something in the oven, but I do know how to cook. But what I will tell you, baking is not my expertise because I, it's about, I, it's about strategic and persistent yeah. timing. Yeah, I could bake out a box. I can't time it. In my head, I got to put a timer on, but the timer never works because <laughs> my phone never rings. It didn't ring like three and hours later. And it was later. burnt. Now I'm like... I burnt it. I burnt it. I didn't burn whatever I was making. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So any business that you do, just focus on yourself and find time yeah. to help. Yeah. What would be a, a self care tip you would share with entrepreneurs um, besides baking, obviously? <laughs> I, one big tip I would say for um, millennials in today's world that's creating a business or developing any type of business or even just finding themselves, mm-hmm. um, the biggest advice I would say is to listen. And to just focus. You know, the biggest thing is listening. Yeah. You know, the biggest, the famous quote I live by is a lot of people listen to respond and don't listen to understand. Yeah. Right. And a lot of things that we do in today's world, we just have to listen, absorb it. You know, just take that. You know, we randomly meet people on the street every day. Right. You know, I walk into coffee shops all every day and, you know, meet random people and just listen to what they have to say and great advice or, you know, they may, I may be on a business adventure and, you know, I may need some advice. Right. But a lot of times people don't want to listen, but I say just listen, just absorb it, just say, no, okay, I'm glad you told me that. Just take a moment and take it all in. Yes. I think that's a great uh Great gym this year, yeah. Because yeah. we so we're in such a fast pace as entrepreneurs, we're just so busy. We just want to. We just think being busy and being mm-hmm. productive is like the just pause, yes. take a breath, and take it all in. So yeah. I think that's good. That's um, one biggest thing I can say because everything else, you know, just falls into place with timing. Yep. Life is strategically about timing. You know, things happen for a reason. You know, everything works out for us good. And you know, I always say the Bible say life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it would eat its fruit. So, you know, you just have to pathetically speak it. And when you speak it into existence, it'll work out for us. Yes. Firm believers speaking into existence. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to cultural behavior with Jamar. Yes. 
We are now back to cultural behavior. We're here with Mr. Jamar. So we just kind of talked a little bit briefly about um, diversity. And it just kind of made me think about... this Beyonce thing where a few weeks ago Beyonce walked away from this Reebok deal was it I believe mm-hmm. um so apparently there was a proposal of doing a Reebok and Ivy Park collab Ivy Park is Beyonce's like sporty chic brand uh-huh. um and it was looking to do a collab with Reebok and I guess she walked into the meeting and it just wasn't enough black faces there and she said she didn't want to collab with Reebok so uh, oh she was like period period she walked in and walked out she was um, like, uh, so apparently there wasn't enough people that um, was of her background or that kind of knew, you know, the Ivy Park brand's style. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I don't think this will be a fit. These people can't work on my campaign. And now Ivy Park is going to be collabing with Adidas. Okay. So is that shade that the Queen shade Reebok? Or- she did. That, that was shade, but. Or is it, like we say, is it diversity needs to be included in branding? Absolutely. It does. It does. And I think she does have a valid point. Right. You know, we do have to develop inclusiveness um, and just really just have diversity in the room. Also, too, like coming from, you know, my background, working in the LGBTQ community and just being, you know, um, a gay man myself, black and gay. Um, you know, working in the entertainment industry, just working in the industry, you know, I feel like it wasn't, a, like in the beginning, it wasn't enough inclusiveness. But now right. it's like, now we're bridging that gap, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you see more diversity. You see more, like, you know, different people and having a seat at the table. So, right. you know, that's exciting. I think it comes with timing, too. So. I was surprised, honestly, that Reebok would, well, I mean, I kind of think Reebok's a pretty urban brand. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, when you go up the ranks in any corporation, it, it just kind of gets whitewashed. Yeah. But I'm surprised that Reebok, like, dropped the ball. Like, how'd you... You missed the B deal. That's, like... A, she don't care. She got a couple billion dollars. But, like, them. Like, how y'all dropped the ball and not have anybody in here that can, you know... Yeah. Relate to the urban brand but i don't i don't even you know think about it with a lot of like other cultures i don't even blame them the particular person they can't help it the same way you know the first thing we do when we walk into a room and we see a group of black people we see a group of white people the first thing we do we go we go and linger towards black people first instead of we're not gonna linger especially if you're black you're gonna lean more to the black than the white but if you're white you're gonna lean more to the white but that's just something that's been programmed that's what I don't know, it just naturally, organically, it just happened. Right. But, it, you know, I think when we change our mindset, you know, um, and I and like I said, we change the mindset. I don't, you know, I don't blame them because it's like our history. It's like, it was like, yeah, it's the way the system, economic system right. and was developed, you know. So seeing that and it's like, you know. I just look just at it like, like, so y'all don't have no good black workers at Reebok? That you can fun. that you can trust to be at the meeting with Beyonce because they and a lot of companies too. I now we're talking about like radio and uh, the media. It's the way the media also portrays black people right. and black men. Because sometimes when I wear my Tims and I wear my baggy jeans and I wear my white tee, I'm, I'm a whole different person. Right from the image perspective, you know, from their position. But I'm like, well, damn. Okay, well, yeah, if you I wear just this, feel the energy shift, right? And it's like, well, you know, even like that's uh, there's a big thing now, colorism. You know, um, a lot of people are bleaching their skin. Azalea Banks just bleached her skin because she felt like, I mean, do you see her? She looks like a damn. Oh, she's crazy, girl. She's light skin. <laughs> Azalea was light skin. Spice, see it. Spice was, you know, I did hear about skin. Spice uh, bleaching spices, her skin. You know, 
she's that's common in the caribbean culture yeah, yeah so that's why when i heard that from her i wasn't that surprised but what uh what's her name uh, azalea banks uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she just recently did it too yeah but i did hear that she did it but i think she just has a lot of self-hate in general yeah. and also fitting into a lot of people talk about like uh, uh fitting into you know because they feel like they have to be something that they're not just in order to fit in and right sometimes it's it's reality you know perception is reality definitely and i feel like these type of these type of instances like reebok not having any brown people at the meeting that was helped what beyonce speaks volume of how we're still kind of in that realm of like okay like maybe if we see black where we're not going to think it's good like you know Mm -hmm. like it just doesn't maybe it's not a good look maybe that's why they didn't do it like that but anyway then they want that certain type of black too yeah exactly exactly working in corporate america exactly they want that certain type of black person that they you know they call it the the, the, the black person that act white, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's what to say or talk proper. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely a certain type of person. But anyway, Reebok lost that deal. So yeah, okay. Ivy Park and Adidas coming soon. Um, but I do want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was exciting. It was fun. It was great. It was great. So I want you to tell everybody where they can check you out, uh, social media, YouTube, all of that. So, um, for YouTube, you guys can follow me on, at Jamar Alexander. Um, also, you can follow Jamar Alexander on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Path. And you can also follow me on Christian Mingle. Stop. You can also follow me on <laughs> um, <laughs> Tinder, Grinder. Stop. Jack. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you played too much. Jamar Alexander on every You can platform. follow me on everything. That's J-A-M-A-R. A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. Yes. And that's where you can follow me. And I got some good things coming up. So you guys can just follow me on social media. I follow back too. So Yes. And he has has a very cute social media page. I like following people that have like an aesthetic to their social media. It's nice content. You know, they need some marketing. They need some development. They need some strategic planning. Hit me up. You know, DM me. the guy. And anybody, you know, want to book me, you know, hit your man up. Great, great. That's what they say. All that music videos. Yo, yo. So I had a great time chatting today. Obviously, thank you for visiting uh, and pulling up a seat at the table, cultural behavior. You can tune in every other Wednesday on Water Ice Radio and follow us at Cultural Behavior on Instagram, CB Podcast 215 on Twitter. We're out.